G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations, Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. You can communicate by email. Perhaps you can do it on Skype and FaceTime. You can somehow reach out in various ways. But there's nothing but nothing that can beat a in-person, one-to-one visit. And in today's program, we're going to see that that's exactly what God intends through man and through himself. Now, our series is entitled, Heartfelt and Inspired, Understanding 2 Corinthians, a verse-by-verse commentary. Friends, we are dealing with an important subject, and that is visitation. People need to be visited, and people need to be visited in a timely manner. Now, just remember In a church context, even if the church isn't that big, it is very unrealistic to expect that the pastor has to visit all the people on regular interviews. It's much better that the pastor has trained people to help in the visitation. Now, that is one of the things that I was privileged to do when I was involved in full-time pastoral ministry. My role was pastoral care. In other words, I wanted to make sure that the people in the church were cared for. It was a growing church, and there was absolutely no way I personally could go visiting everyone. I did visit some, but I couldn't visit all. And really what I learned to do is I visited the people who were going to do the visits of other people. I raised up a visitation team. They got my attention. They got prayer. They got personal training. We had meals together as a group most of the time and occasionally one-on-one. And from that, that team was empowered to go and visit others. And I'm telling you, the response of the people to getting visits from other people in the church was overwhelmingly positive because visitation can do in something that others cannot do. For example, in visitation, you can shake a hand, you can give a hug, you can do laying on of hands for prayer. Now, if you cannot be in person to pray for someone, it doesn't mean that you cannot pray at all. No, you can. And you can even pray long distance and have results. But there are times in life that the only way to get through is by a visit. The Apostle Paul understood this when dealing with the Corinthian church. He had to visit them on more than one occasion, and it wasn't always a picnic when he visited them because this church needed correction. But once they repented, or at least the majority of them did, then he was in a position to go from the stern headmaster to the kind, merciful father figure, similar to the father in the parable of the prodigal son, who just showered mercy and generosity on his penitent 
son who had come home. I want to read to you from a section of 2 Corinthians 1, verses 12 to 18. In 2 Corinthians 1, 12 to 18, I want to focus on verse 12. And it says, For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience, that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundantly toward you. All right, so here it's time for another visit. And what does it all mean? That Paul wants to visit the church at Corinth, and basically there will be vindication involved, but this is the testimony that he and his fellow apostles, Silvanus and Timothy, lived in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity, and not in fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God. And especially when they dealt with the Corinthians, there was even more grace than ever before. It's a good thing, friends, that we have the grace of God. The grace of God enables us to do all kinds of actions we couldn't do on our own. And that's to forgive, that's to preach and teach and witness, that's to reach out to others we would normally reach out to, and it's a grace to visit and to impart life to those whom we visit. It's the way to go. It's time for another visit. Now, I want to read to you the whole passage of 2 Corinthians 1, Verses 12 to 18. 2 Corinthians 1, 12 to 18. And this is what it says. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you word. For we write none other things unto you than what ye read or acknowledge, and I trust ye shall acknowledge even to the end, as also ye have acknowledged us in part, that we are your rejoicing, even as ye also are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus. And in this confidence I was minded to come unto you before, that ye might have a second benefit, and to pass by you into Macedonia, and to come again out of Macedonia unto you, and of you to be brought on my way toward Judea. When I therefore was thus minded, did I use lightness, or the things that I purpose? Do I purpose according to the flesh, that with me there should be yea, yea, and nay, nay? But as God is true, our word toward you was not yea and nay. This is 2 Corinthians 1 verses 12 to 18. Allow me to unpack this passage to you. For the title of this lesson, it's lesson six, it's time for another visit. Let me say it again. It's time for another visit. Visit from whom? From the apostles, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy. So let's go back to verse 12, which we touched on earlier. Here is our boasting. Now, normally, People are frowned upon when they boast, especially when it's about themselves. And this is becoming more and more a problem because the fact is, though we have been, since the time of the fall, very self-centered, but there is an even greater emphasis on self and self-centeredness than ever before. And I want to say to my listeners, with love and care, hear me out. If you focus on yourself, obsessively so, you're not going to get happier you'll actually become more miserable because we weren't intended to be inward looking, four walls only, and it's all about me, myself, and I. No, God created us in Christ Jesus for good works. 
which he ordained in eternity past that we should walk in them. That's Ephesians 2, verse 10. Now, you weren't created to be inward-looking and self-focused and selfish. You were created for good works in Christ, which is outward-looking, God-focused, and people-centered. In other words, we care about others more than ourselves, because as Jesus says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So it is important we don't boast in ourselves, but we can boast when it's God, when God is doing great and wonderful things. By the way, I'm in Malaysia, and we're having a bit of monsoonal rain. So if you hear anything, enjoy. But boasting needs to be in God. And the life that he lived before God is something worth boasting about. So Christ Jesus anointed Paul to be an apostle. And what Christ does in Paul's life, he's boasting about. Not because it's anything to do with Paul, it's everything to do with Christ. So his boasting and testimony of conscience is that he and his fellow apostles lived a lifestyle, which is also known as conversation, but that's not talking, it's actually doing, it's lifestyle. That their lifestyle in the world is a lifestyle of simplicity and godly sincerity. Friends, when you live in simplicity, it doesn't mean that you never enjoy the finer things of life or go to a a good restaurant or have a luxury holiday or something like that or drive a decent car. What it means is your life is not cluttered with all kinds of priorities and activities, many of them irrelevant to what God is doing for you. No, your life is simple in that you are single-minded and focused. You're Matthew 6.33, concentrating on the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that God may take care of all your earthly needs. With that, the conversation is of godly sincerity. Remember, there's many people who smile in your face, say words, and don't mean a single syllable of them. We cannot and must not ever be that way. What we speak with our mouth must be, first of all, truthful, and second, it needs to be sincere. In other words, we're saying it not just from our mouth or from our head. The words we speak are from the heart. When we speak the gospel, we really, really believe it. And we know it is the power of God and salvation to all who believe. Therefore, the apostles refrained from earthly wisdom and they relied on the grace of God. This was even more especially so because of the church at Corinth. Therefore, the apostles were not just talking the talk, they were walking the walk. That's their testimony, that's their boast. Simplicity and godly sincerity. 2 Corinthians 1.13 For we write none other things unto you than that which ye read or acknowledge, and I trust ye shall acknowledge even to the end. There's no extras here. We are not writing to you anything else than what you have read or understand. There's no hidden meaning. There's no surprises. It's all there, plain to read. It's for you to see as well as for the world. Therefore, I, in this case, Paul, want you to understand all these things even unto the end. So remember that the title of this lesson, it's time for another visit. And 2 Corinthians is basically preparing this church for another apostolic visit, as you're about to see. 2 Corinthians 1.14, As also ye have acknowledged us in part, that we are your rejoicing, even as ye also are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus. So what does verse 14 say? You are our boast. We're not boasting on ourselves. We're boasting in God, number one, and we're boasting in you, number two. Now, that kind of boasting should get everybody's attention when it's about God and about others. You know, Mary Kay founder of the Mary Kay Cosmetic Empire, and a devout Baptist woman of yesteryear. She has an interesting phrase, and it's probably very true. She says, everybody 
holds onto themselves an invisible sign, everybody. And that sign is this, make me feel important. Friends, without insincerity and without, as it were, a lack of godliness and truth, we do need to make people feel important, but in a godly way. They are important. God loves them. God wants to redeem them. If they're already redeemed, their name is written in the book of life. They have a great inheritance in Christ of which we need to inform them. And if we have ministered to them and they have heeded the message and they have been prospered and blessed as a result, then we should be boasting in them. It's like I trained a lot of people in Bible college work for ministry. And the ones that are cutting it in ministry who were my students, hey, I have no problem boasting in them. I don't go boasting about myself, but I boast about the grace of God that was with me when I taught them and the grace of God that they received and they went on to serve God in a fruitful and glorious way. So without, you know, being silly about it, we do need to give people full attention, be mindful of their needs, listen carefully, and respond as the Holy Spirit tells us. Some of the great politicians, some of them I won't mention because they are controversial figures, but their political skills are phenomenal. Because what do they do? They get votes because they make the electorate feel important. I'm here to serve you. I know what you need. This is what you need. And I'm committed, if you elect me, to obtain this thing for you. Isn't that making people feel important? Of course it is. But let's do it even beyond politics, because we are kings and priests under God, and kings and priests are meant to be above the fray. Second Corinthians 1.15, and in this confidence I was minded to come unto you before, that you might have a second benefit. Let's make sure we don't misunderstand this. Second benefit. Because of this confidence in the Lord and the boasting in the Lord, Paul wanted to visit the Corinthians before that they would receive a second benefit. Now understand, he had already visited them twice in chapter 12, verse 14. So what he means is that on this current trip, he would see them twice as the very next verse will say. So let's read verse 16 here. It says, and to pass by you into Macedonia and to come again out of Macedonia unto you and of you to be brought on my way toward Judea. So basically, the apostle is sharing his travel plans. He explicitly tells them that he's going to go out of his way to see this church at Corinth. He wants to visit them on the way north to Macedonia and visit them again on the way south from Macedonia. Hence, two visits in the one trip. By then, when he comes that second time, they will be ready to assist him as he heads towards Judea. Either some of them will accompany Paul to Judea, or they will provide him money and resources for the journey, which is, by the way, a considerably longer trip than any trip from Corinth to Macedonia. You're actually sailing on the Mediterranean probably 1,200 or more kilometers to get back to Judea. 2 Corinthians 1.17, when I therefore was thus minded, did I use lightness or things that I purpose? Do I purpose according to the flesh that with me there should be yea, yea and nay, nay? What is he saying here? Are my plans carnal? Did I make these travel plans lightly? Did I make these travel plans in a carnal manner? Was I being led by the flesh or was I being led by the Holy Spirit? Am I fickle and fleshly? saying yes and no simultaneously? Am I being double-minded? Friends, these are always good questions to ask, because if what you're doing is in the flesh and not of God, I hardly, hardly recommend ask yourself 
Why are you doing it? If you belong to God and want to serve him, make sure you're doing his will and his plans, not your own. To do your plans, you're going to waste time at the very minimum, or you're going to get in serious trouble. That leads us, of course, to the last verse of this lesson, 2 Corinthians 1, 18. But as God is true, our word toward you was not yea and nay. All right. What is he saying here? God is faithful. Never forget that, that God is faithful. And when you follow God, you become faithful as well. Therefore, we don't speak out of both sides of our mouth. We don't say yes, no, yes, no, yay, nay. We are not to be confusing. And by the way, we're not to be confused either. Nor should we be misleading. Our attitude should be faithfulness and straightforwardness. Be decisive. Let your yes be yes, and let your no be no. Isn't it terrible when someone tells you yes, but really, in their heart, they mean no, and their actions, likewise? It's best that when they say yes, you can count on it or put your head on the pillow knowing they're going to deliver when their yes is yes. So, what is our lesson for life? Our lesson for life is a visitation by God and His servants is meant for one purpose, to bring blessing. Therefore, open your heart wide and let the King of Glory come in. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations Education, and thank you in advance for liking our page. You can also go to our homepage where you can subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter that has articles on the Bible, Christian living, and current events in the light of God's Word. As always, friends, let's pray. Father, thank you that in this lesson, time for another visit, we see a loving, heartfelt, caring apostle who wants to see this church at Corinth prosper like a father wants to see his children grow. And I ask that we will have more pastoral people, apostolic people, fathers and mothers in the faith, so we can give to you a very large extended family that your kingdom may be the richer because of it. Through Christ Jesus the Lord. Amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley, 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.